You're listening to the Amicus Juris Podcast. This podcast was born out of the passion and vision of bright minds in the pursuit of sharing knowledge to a much wider audience and to make simpler legal jargons. Ladies and gentlemen, hello! I am Blessy, and I am with my co-hosts, JP, and welcome to the Amicus Juris Podcast. Tonight, we will be discussing with you a shocking story of a crime of passion as shared to us by our letter sender named Jane, a 22-year-old student. Joining us in this episode is our guest lawyer, Attorney Salvador Alba. He will be giving us his insights and his knowledge about what some consider as a highly controversial provision of our penal laws. Tonight, we will be delving into Article 247 of the Revised Penal Code, which deals with death or physical injuries under exceptional circumstances. That is right, Blessy. Tonight's episode indeed involves a controversial legal provision, and I am ecstatic to introduce such an interesting topic to our listeners. So let's get right into it. Well, first and foremost, it is interesting to note that Article 247 of the Revised Penal Code has been sparingly discussed in criminal jurisprudence. In fact, only a handful of cases on the matter have been decided by the Supreme Court. This antiquated provision is said to actually justify the murder of a spouse. That is if, say, the wife is caught in the act of having sex with another man or vice versa. Just imagine, we have a law that allows a person to basically get away with killing somebody. Article 247 is such a contentious provision that it caught the attention of one lady senator. She moved to have this provision stricken from her penal code. She said that honor killing is a practice that has been widely condemned as it goes against the guarantees of due process and the basic tenets of human rights. Before we delve any further into the legality of Article 247, we should first listen to the story of our letter sender and see what we can say about her case. Hello, my name is Jane. I am 22 years old. I am a working student and I want to know about the case that was filed against my father. My father is an OFW working in Saudi Arabia. He and my mother have been married for more than 23 years. And because of his job, my father can take a vacation leave only once a year, usually every September when his work at the oil refinery is not that busy. My father has been working in Saudi Arabia since 2010, and everything was fine in the beginning. Our family was happy, even if my father was out of the country most of the time. My father provided for all our financial needs. On the other hand, my mother was a homemaker who took care of me and my two younger siblings. And everything changed when my mother met her childhood friend, Greg, who came home from the U.S. last year. 
Greg would always visit my mother at home and invite her out for dinner and other social occasions. What started as a friendly get-together between childhood friends turned into regular meetings. As I respected my mother so much, I never entertained any doubt about their closeness until Greg started to frequent our home. I was particularly concerned that my mother never told my father about Greg. Whenever my father called my mother, she did not mention Greg or their frequent get-togethers. I wanted to confront my mother about my disdain for her closeness with Greg, but I could never find the courage to do it. I respected my mother so much that I did not want to doubt her, much more accuse her of anything that I have not seen her do. Greg continued to visit my mother at the house, and sometimes they played card games until the late evening. I knew this was not normal, but I just did not have the guts to ask my mother to stop what she and Greg were doing. I remember the day it happened. It was Saturday and I overslept. I was suddenly awakened by loud screams. I immediately recognized my mother's voice. She was calling for somebody to stop. I quickly ran towards her room and saw the door open. And when I entered, I was surprised that father was there. I saw my mother holding on to his arms, but they were shouting at each other. Mother was yelling at my father and I have forgotten the words. All I can remember was my father's face that was full of rage. He was really mad and I have never seen him that way. My father walked out of the bedroom. My mother was still crying and sitting on the bed. It was then that I saw Greg lying beside her, naked, bloody, and lifeless. A lone kitchen knife was stuck into his chest and blood oozing from it has soaked the sheets. Later, I learned that my father came home when he was given an early vacation. He was homesick and was rushing home to be with his wife and children. He took the first flight the early morning and not wanting to stay any longer in Manila. He even chartered an airport taxi to get home fast, maybe even to surprise his wife, who he expected to be still sleeping when he arrived. However, he got home to find his wife with another man in their bedroom. The other man was sleeping with his wife. My father went to the kitchen, took a knife, and went back to the master's bedroom. Father stabbed Greg in the chest. Mother, who saw what has happened, could only shout and cry. She begged father not to hurt her, but the latter was really furious that he pushed her away. He slapped her and began to choke her. Mother tried to defend herself and pushed father away too. In the process, she was slapped and punched. However, as fast as it started, it was over in an instant. Father, seeing mother hurt, stopped and just stood there. Mother continued to shout at him. Greg was rushed to the hospital by our neighbors, but died along the way from loss of blood. Later, father was arrested at a Sarisari store drinking a bottle of beer. The policeman who arrested him related to me that he was calm and never resisted. Later, I was told that he was charged with homicide. My aunts and uncles, who are simple folks, could not put up the money to post my father's bail. Thus, my father is behind bars while his court case is ongoing. My mother has never been the same. I know that what she did was wrong, and I even started to blame myself for not doing anything about it. 
Again, it was due to my love and respect for my mother that I dismissed my doubts. I pity my father, who I can never consider to be a bad person. He is the sweetest person I know. All his life, all he ever did was find a way to support his family. He is an unselfish and considerate person. However, I will agree that catching your wife engaged in a sexual act with another man was too much to bear. Welcome to Amicus Juris Podcast, Jane. Thank you so much for bravely sharing your story with us. It is truly a sad situation for you and your family. I mean, seeing your father behind bars while leaving your mother in disarray is just heartbreaking. Some say that what happened to your father is the case of a person temporarily losing his sanity because of the gravity of what he just witnessed. Well, the good thing, Blessy, is that there is a glimmer of hope that Jane's father may be absolved of what he did. His case may fall squarely under the provisions of Article 247 of the Revised Penal Code of the Philippines. To give us a more in-depth discussion about this, let us listen to our guest lawyer, Attorney Salvador Alba, as he illustrates what this provision is all about. Good evening, Lessie and JP. Article 247 of the Revised Penal Code of the Philippines is indeed but an interesting and controversial provision. It may be availed of by Jane's father given the circumstances of his case, also known as death or physical injuries under exceptional circumstances. Article 247 provides as follows. Any legally married person who, having surprised his spouse in the act of committing sexual intercourse with another person, shall kill any of them or both of them in the act or immediately thereafter or shall inflict upon them any serious physical injury shall suffer the penalty of this chero. This means that even if a person was able to kill his spouse's lover after they were caught in the act of sexual intercourse, he will not go to jail and will only be punished by this chero or mere banishment from the locality where the incident happened. What is interesting to note is the punishment of banishment is actually to protect the accused from retaliation from the victim's family. The Supreme Court declared that Article 247 is an example of an absolutory cause. It explained that the vindication of a man's honor is justified because of the scandal an unfaithful wife creates. The law is strict on this, authorizing it as it does a man to chastise her even with death, but killing the errant spouse as a purification is so severe that it can only be justified when the unfaithful spouse is caught in the act and it must be resorted to only with great caution so much so that the law requires that it be inflicted only during the sexual intercourse or 
immediately thereafter. As such, it should be understood that Article 247 does not offer a defense for anybody who kills his spouse or her lover. Neither does it offer a justification for what he did. Even if the circumstances of Jane's father falls under the purview of this provision, the fact remains that he killed Greg and the law imposes a penalty for it, although not imprisonment. Another thing to note is that in order for Jane's father to avail of Article 247, he must admit to have killed the victim. Thus, it is incumbent upon him to prove the following elements for such a defense. First, that he surprises his spouse in the act of committing sexual intercourse with another person. Second, that he kills any of them or both of them in the act or immediately thereafter. And third, that he has not promoted or facilitated the prostitution of his wife. Or that he or she has not consented to the infidelity of the other spouse. He must prove these elements by clear and convincing evidence. Otherwise, Article 247 will not apply. Ultimately, Jane's father must prove that the death caused must be proximate result of the outrage that overwhelmed him after chancing upon his wife in the act of infidelity. Simply put, his killing of Greg must concur with his wife's flagrant adultery. Thank you very much, Attorney Alba. We were indeed enlightened by your discussion of Article 247. Now we know that it is not actually a defense, but an absolutory cause. What do you think, partner? Yes, thank you, Attorney Alba. You are correct there, Blasi. The person who kills another under this provision committed the crime, but is basically exempted to suffer the legal consequences of his act. Well, JB, I hope our listeners gained an extra bit of knowledge through tonight's episode in Article 247 of the Revised Penal Code or Death or Physical Injuries Under Exceptional Circumstances. I hope so too, Blessy. Well, that's it for us in this episode. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this pilot episode of the Amicus Juris, the podcast project. We do hope you enjoyed it and found it informative. If you have any questions or if you would like to share your own stories with us, please feel free to reach out to us through our Facebook page, Amicus Juris, the podcast project, and if you want to listen to more episodes, we air our episodes bi-weekly, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can listen to them on our Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. Also, don't be shy and leave us a comment and a like if you feel so inclined. Enjoy the rest of your night and we'll talk to you next time. Stories discussed in this podcast are inspired by real cases decided by the Supreme Court. The opinions and views of the guest lawyers are their own personal analysis and views on the featured topic. 
Any comment about the podcast episodes may be sent to Amico's Juris Facebook page. Thank you.